Welcome back to another episode, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day as always. Real fast, man, until but like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show, especially sharing. It truly does help. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook and YouTube at Manitoba Freethinker Podcast, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Rumble, Minds, Liberty is MB Freethinker. Uh, you could send me an email at mbfreethinker at gmail.com or go to my webpage, uh, mbfreethinker.wordpress.com, and you can get all the audio links to all the shows there. Or you can go to any uh, podcast player and um, find any of the uh, audio-only links there. All right, Manitoba. Just like the, the name of the show says, it is a bad day for justice in Manitoba. In case you guys are um, unaware... Five Manitobans who floated COVID-19 restrictions handed fines ranging from 14000 to 35000 So this is why, Manitoba, I stress that it is so important to vote October 26th. Because honestly, if we had the right people in charge, then these five Manitobans wouldn't be facing a judge who can just interpret the law how he sees fit. And I mean, we already, uh, in case you're not aware, these uh, Manitobans that were already ha like handcuffed, they couldn't bring any constitutional fights to the table. Um, so they have to wait for an appeals court uh, to bring that up. But like I said, Manitoba, the right people in charge is very important. Um, we know from previous testimony, our previous Chief Provincial Public Health Officer, um, Dr. Michael Routledge. He testified that he wouldn't have done these lockdowns, not nearly to the extent uh, Dr. Rusin went, uh, deeming some uh, big corporations essential while claiming mom and pop shops are unessential, um, like the hardship that uh, Dr. Rusin has caused. Um, so like I said, Manitoba, the right people in charge makes a huge, huge difference. And um, I have a video that, of the Manitoba Five when they came out of the court. I think it was um, filmed by Viola from It Takes a Village. Shout out to her. But um, he explains that um, that th th this is not a complete loss because um, they will be, like I said, uh, moving up the courts and, um, and, and appealing this. But they were uh, handed down some heavy-duty fines. But even though these, these Manitobans kind of took an L for all of us, I, it makes me wonder how many Manitobans are going to be awake next time. You know what I mean, Manitoba? Like, like I said, they, they took an L, but how many small businesses are going to shut down? Because we all know the government is going to do it again. Um, so at the very least, I, I think it's... Um, it's woken a lot of people up. The community is getting bigger, stronger, and um, and people are waking up. But I'll just get into it from CBC News. Five Manitobans who floated COVID-19 restrictions handed fines ranging from, like I said, 14000 to 35000 That is insane. Defendants showed 
quote, no expression of insight or remorse, Judge says. A Manitoba judge has imposed fines totaling almost $100,000 on five people convicted of repeatedly violating public health restrictions meant to limit the spread of COVID-19, which we all know doesn't work. Patrick Allard, a former candidate in the provincial Fort White by-election and an opponent of COVID-19 restrictions, received the highest totaling nearly $35,000. Allard had received 14 tickets, more than all the others. He also broke the conditions of his release from police custody, unlike the other four. Good job, Patrick, my man. Amounts uh, for the four other defendants, Church of God Restoration Pastor Tobias Tyson, Todd McDougall of WAM, Winnipeg Alternative Media, Sharon Vickner, and Gerald Bohemier, ranged from more than 14200 to nearly 19000 uh, so in total, all the fines added up to, like I said, nearly $100,000. All five defendants received multiple fines for repeatedly breaking limits on outdoor public gatherings in 20 and 2021. They have, quote, no expression of insight or remorse for their involvement, Provincial Court Judge Victoria Cornick said Thursday. Quote, a message must be sent that public health orders are meant to be respected, end quote. This is what it is, Manitoba. It's just a scare tactic. So uh, at least they have seven years to pay these insane fines. Like, what other what other crime in Manitoba would would amount to a, a thirty five thousand dollar fine? Besides fighting for freedom, besides talking, is that the only crime in Manitoba that amounts to such a heavy fine? Supporters of the defendants packed the courtroom with more standing in the hallways outside. The judge thanked those in the room for their patience, saying it was, quote, emotionally charged issue. A loud cheer and clapping erupted from the supporters in the hallway when the defendants left the courtroom before security officials quieted them. Speaking to reporters outside the court building, Allard said, Allard said he felt no remorse for the offenses that led to his fines. Quote, I'm never one to shy away from the truth and what my real feelings are, he said. Each individual was given multiple fines for offenses over a number of months. In each case, Cornick gave a reprimand for the first offense with progressively higher amounts for subsequent offenses. One of Allard, uh, Allard's fines was $5,000. Damn. The Crown has asked for fines totaling between eighteen and 42000 42, per person plus costs and surcharges because they're fucking dirty lawyers. Of course they would. Uh, Because the five had organized and spoken at rallies and urged others not to follow health orders, defense lawyers asked for reprimands and no fines. They weren't breaking windows. They weren't rioting in the streets. Alex Steigerwald, who represents all the defendants except Allard, told the court on Wednesday, my clients stood up and protested for something they believed in. Cornick waived the costs and surcharges for all defendants. Um, so this is important. They plan to file an appeal to the Court of Queen's Bench saying the public health orders uh, were convicted of breaking violated their, uh, that they were convicted of violated their constitutional rights. So that's really important. Uh, Bo- Bohemier, a retired chiropractor, said they went. Uh, they want to appeal in order to make our case as to why the Constitution should have been and probably was protecting us to be able to speak out like this. Uh, 
In the meantime, the defendant said they have no intention of paying the fines imposed on them by the court. In 2021, Tyson, along with seven rural churches, launched a legal challenge against the province's COVID-19 public health orders, arguing they violated charter freedoms of conscience, religion, expression, and peaceful assembly. In October, Court of Queen's Bench uh, Chief Justice Glenn Joyle ruled the restrictions did not violate those rights. Like I said, Manitoba, we need the right people in charge so this doesn't even end up in the court system. This, I mean, is mind-blowing. For the last two years, I mean, we kind of all knew this was going to happen. No Manitoba judge is going to step out of line. Let's put it that way. But either way, Manitoba, um, this, I think I, I got a video here. It's like 20 minutes long. I think it's super important. Um... Yeah, it's it's 20 minutes. Um, have a listen. It's the four out of the five responding to some reporters just after they came out of the law courts, um, I believe, around 11 this morning, 11 or 12. But either way, Manitoba, have a listen. Uh, I hope that the volume is uh, good. I'll make this full screen for you, too. Um, I am, I am, I am. Shout out to Viola at Thank you. It Takes a Village for recording this. Were silenced for the last three years is you, the media. Okay. The media has undertaken to be... So like I said, man, it's about 20 minutes long. Have a listen. Here first. You were told by the World Health Organization and other organizations like the World Economic Forum... And all of the doctors, and I'm a doctor, and all of the other doctors, and thousands of scientists, read the great Carrington declarations. All of those scientists were, were prohibited from being interviewed by mainstream media. Mainstream media is the reason why COVID got out of hand. Bingo. Did not do their work. True. The, a democracy relies upon the media to be the intermediary between what's good for the public and what the government is saying. You are not doing your homework. You're not doing uh, the the job that reporters are supposed to do. You're supposed to do do do, do your due diligence, find out what both sides of the stories are, and give us equal Amen. time. Our voices were silenced, and we had to get out in public, and we are being punished for our side of the story, and that is wrong, okay? And we blame the media. That's right. The media did not stand for the people of the community. It is your job to do so. That's right. doing your job. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Jerry. years or so. 
uh, saddled with $34,000 in fines today. I've taken the lead charge in that. Some of the others got eighteen, nineteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000. I guess I was singled out because I continued to protest after my uh, bail release, although I didn't um, breach my bail conditions. They felt that I wasn't deterred. However, there was a win here in court today. Uh, huge win that maybe not everybody caught. The reason I started this, as I testified yesterday, was I stand up for the little guy. And that's everybody here. Thank you. That's everybody of the media. Thank you. Thank you. There's so many people in the building everywhere. I stood up for someone who maybe didn't know what to say or didn't have a voice. Every single one of our first tickets received a reprimand. Woo! Isn't that wonderful? Woo! And the reason Thank you. for the reprimand given by the justice was that everybody does have the right to protest. Yeah, that's right. Everybody does have the right to peaceful assembly. We know that, yeah. The purpose of ticketing is a deterrence. So if anybody has received tickets for breaking the public health orders and gathering in a public gathering more than King Rusin declared, you do seek that reprimand because you do get that one shot. And we have set a precedent allowing people, even in a so-called public health emergency, to voice their disapproval at least just once. So you do not have to be afraid to speak up for fear of a ticket because the justice just gave everyone here the opportunity to do so even in a public health emergency or a lockdowns with that reprimand. And we will be ordering the transcripts of her decision and we'll be distributing that to everyone. Yes. So if anybody has received a ticket, we will help you seek that reprimand. The first ticket should be the a first reprimand. ticket. And this 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 isn't just Manitoba. This could have implications across Canada where the justice has agreed that we did have that right to voice our displeasure. But once that ticket came, that deterrent should have been heated. We didn't heed that deterrent. But others may have. So if you're out there and you've received a ticket, please lean on us to help you seek that reprimand because I don't want anybody to pay any fines. That's right. Especially for freedom of Thank speech. you. Yeah. Real um, media. Real media. Winnipeg Alternative Media. Woo! 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 Uh, it's been a pleasure to report on all this. It's been kind of interesting to be caught in between kind of activism and my own beliefs and the actual belief in what Jerry was kind of saying of the importance and the role of media. How important citizen journalism has really become. Um, you know, uh, having been a part of watching all of this grow and watching its, uh, its effect on the community and watching the community actually grow far more to support something like what we've been doing over the past year and a half, two years, more so than we received any kind of like real, real sort of flack, you know, the, the, just the tickets and actually the kinds of uh, comments that we would get usually from the media was actually kind of the most negative stuff that we really endured. Um, I would say the community surroundings, as you see the fine people here in the, uh, the courtroom uh, two days this week, um, continues to grow. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, the, that's really amazing. I want to point out that I think it's really incredible that so many of the things that we said 
going back a year and a half ago that what would become the harm to children when most of your guys' television or radio stations right now is littered with commercials of people talking about how they need to start new programs, they need fundraising, they need to organize to assist in all the harm that was done to children in these past two years. You can't turn on a radio station or a television station or open up a publication anymore without hearing and seeing that conversation right there. Without apology, but right there. That is what we learned about a year and a half, two years ago. I left the job in childcare because of seeing that happen right in front of me. It's amazing to go see it now, a common talking point. Oh, the children have been so hurt these last two years. Maybe we should have done this better. That's what we got in trouble for saying. And we're still getting in trouble for saying it, even though at the very same time, a judge, a judge hands us down a fine of upwards of $30,000. She can go home today, turn on the television station, and see commercials talking about exactly what she just fined us for saying. Wow. Ain't that the truth? Appeal. Absolutely. I think strategy would, would that'd be a better question for uh, This is an unprecedented case in Manitoba. So I, I, we have the 30 days to notify the court of our appeal, and that's what we intend to do. Good. Well, the, the appeal is not to the court of appeal, it's to the uh, Queen's, Queen's Bench. Bench. Uh, we're, we're, from, we're the lowest court, the provincial yeah. court, so we've got our, our appeal goes to the Queen's Bench. Should we fail at that point, then we're allowed to appeal to the court of appeal. Now, there's already a case to the court of appeal that will be heard. Uh, probably in November or December. December 13th. And it's basically on the same idea that we were denied our constitutional uh, arguments, yep. uh, and that's why we chose to just take the sentencing, and then we'll just move on to the appeal. Because our appeal is going to be a retrial to allow us to express ourselves and to make our case as to why the Constitution should have been, and probably was, if it's properly discussed, should have been protecting us to be able to speak that's out right. like that's this. Right. And, and given the ruling in the Gateway Bible Church case, That's uh, how, do you, how do you fight that and uh, have that overturned in essence by having an appeal in your case? Well, their appeal is scheduled for December 13th. Ours would be, a, ours would be a, probably a year from now. So we're going to be relying on whatever happens at that level. If at that level they get uh, told that they, that they fail, uh, if they go to the Supreme Court of Canada, that's their next level. And so... We're, we're going to be taking advice from what goes on at this level. Our next level is to the Court of Queen's Bench. Now, uh, just as the head of the Court of Queen's Bench, that's Justice uh, uh, Joyal, he's the one that <laughs> forbid the church uh, uh, arguments to go into the, uh, uh, having any arguments in regarding to, to, to the, the, the uh, Constitution. So the Constitution uh, does not protect us at this point. That's where the argument of the church is going to go to the Court of Appeal. If they say, yes, the constitutional challenge should have been allowed to, to be heard, okay, at that point, that'll affect down to us, and we may not even have to go to the Court of Appeal. It may immediately uh, be given a, a, a retrial, okay, that kind of thing. So we're going to see what happens in November and December. So our, our appeal will never be heard for another year. No, well, we have no, we've all been given seven years, seven years. so in reality, we don't have to address those. those seven, seven trumpets, yes. isn't this a biblical number? Isn't seven? this right? Uh, yeah. Wow. Once we appeal, uh, once we file the appeal, we 
don't have to worry about the paying the fine. If, if, the, if the appeal is accepted, if our application is accepted to, to appeal, that puts a stay kind of thing temporarily until the, the higher court will decide. If we if fail at that point, then of course the fines continue and maybe some new fines added to just a waste of time before it goes down. And we, you know, it was, it, it, it's a shame that we couldn't come through with our constitutional arguments. We had quite different arguments than the gateway challenge uh, that the justice that the constitutional freedom is doing Center for Constitutional Freedom. That's right. With some legal fees and, and thank my lawyer, uh, Mr. Kyle Morgan, for uh, Woo! to the plate. Alex Steigerwald is incredible. Alex was very good. Yep. He stood up for us very well. Yep. And, and we'll continue to. And we'll continue that. And the, the, yeah, so for strategy, we would, we would ask them on how that goes. Like I said, it's unprecedented. It's been unprecedented for the world. Yeah. This sort of case because everything we did. And I think this is important to note. Everything we did over the last two years is something that we took for granted our whole lives. Yeah. Shaking hands. Hugging. Okay, on every ticket. And Shaking getting together with seen. friends, maybe for a beer and a pizza, was what believed um, Our constitutional arguments would have had expert reports from uh, Dr. Denis Rampour from Quebec. We weren't able to enter his evidence because we didn't get the constitutional challenge. His reports show that the lockdowns caused far more harm than they did good. Yeah. And he's, he's totaled up the seniors, the effect on the seniors and homes and how many people were affected by the lockdown. Like I alluded Another to eight minutes or so, Manitoba. You could, you could dis dispute that she died of isolation. However, you can't dispute that she died in isolation. We, we threw away the people in our society who, who did everything for us to, to build these buildings, to put us here on this earth, and we just locked them away and nobody fought for, for the elderly. We did. That's right. And That's right. Why did we forget them? Why did we allow the government to just forget our senior citizens? happen you can come to us and we will help you and give you support and give you the tools that we've learned and who to talk to in the government to try to get in to visit your grandma that's but right. that shouldn't even be an issue that's right that's right I, I, I don't want i don't want anybody to die alone no, no that's the worst and, that, and that's what got me going speaking about death it is now known and the insurance uh, corporations in the united states have just published a 40 percent rise in claims for, for deaths. And that's since the vaccine. I'm warning people as a, as a natural healing physician, vaccines do not prevent COVID. They do not prevent the transmission of COVID. But they do, because it's a new technology, it's experimental. And for you to get an experimental shot, you must be given full and informed consent and they have never been able to do that because it's still not the, the, the final determinations are still not out. It is an experimental shot. 
Ever since the vaccine got released, we've seen a 40% rise in death. And that's the insurance companies that are telling you that. And if the insurance companies are noting that, that's a, that's a, that's a big, big bell to ring right now. Do not get vaccinated. If you've already been vaccinated, do not take the booster shots. The more you get, the greater the chances of you having a very severe and maybe even terminal uh, uh, side effect. Don't get vaccinated. That is the wrong thing to be doing, especially with a non-vaccine uh, thing like the experimental injection. Children? Eight-year-olds that are dead. You have 10-year-olds with cardiac arrest. Sick. March 2020, March, uh, April, May of 2020, 75% of the population wanted more lockdowns. Now we have 70% of the population saying they don't want to take another vaccine. These are statistics. These are polls that people rely on. The, 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 the public opinion is shifting. And public opinion is the most important opinion out there. So I think... Like I said yesterday, when we look back in history, one year from now, 10 years from now, 40 years from now, they're going to know that we are all right. And that's why we have no remorse. Because what we were saying, our voice was censured. And if anybody should have remorse to have censured in a democracy, an opinion that was different than the government's opinion. Unacceptable views, yeah, according to Trudeau. We were exactly. able to- Fringe minority. Racist, because we had a different opinion. Yeah. Yet there was rallies happening in every country in the world, practically. Yes. Yeah. And and, and yeah. there were, our elected officials were participating in illegal gatherings. There was many, many gatherings that happened yeah. over the last two years that Bob Canoe was at, or Brian Bowman was at, or Dahani Fontaine was at. Even some of the conservative members of this government were at illegal gatherings. Did they get tickets? But they went on the floor of the ledge and demonized us. One of the pillars of, um, one of the pillars of totalitarianism is the criminalization of dissent. We have been criminally charged for dissent. Our voice was deemed to be not acceptable. If you look at some of the professors of, of um, society that have, that have exposed Karl Marx for what he was and uh, 
China's uh, Communist Party and all of the other socialistic things. That's a failed system time and time and time again. And Canada is slowly moving into that totalitarianism model of governance. We are losing our rights to have a democracy. If we don't stand up, and the media is so important for that, let's get the media out of the pockets of the government. That's right. CBC. Break the chains. Given a billion dollars a year or more. CTV, not as much. You have got to be independent so that you could be that fifth pillar in society to protect us from the government overreach. And that's what we've been living for three years, government overreach. So we will not be, um, we will not be saddened, as the, as the judge said, that we had no remorse. We don't have your remorse standing up for the people. Somebody's got to stand up for the people. It's supposed to be the, 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 the media. You guys need to really step it up a bit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, sorry, it's still going. To reach more people with um, love and truth, and uh, that's my one regret. I, I recently have said our work isn't finished yet because we still see trauma everywhere. We see people wearing masks. We see children still being muzzled. Um, we see, you know, one of our biggest fans flying masks the Manitoba Five, we've got the Grim Reaper that shows up all the time, the trauma that that one individual must have to be standing here to to, 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 to be throwing daggers, literally, and people are just truly working hard. So my one regret is, I wish I would have found a, a, a more ways, not just the one way we chose, more ways than sending out educational flyers, which me and a, an anonymous crew of people reached 10,000 homes reaching with um, educational flyers. That was maybe that's something I should have stuck to instead of getting fined for everything I did. But you know, I still could have done more. So my, my, my regret is I, I wish I could have found more ways than just being a voice of so many wonderful people I now call family. Amen. Thank you all. And we'll thank uh, Justice Victoria Corning. I know she had a tough job ahead of her. Yes, and she balanced, and I, I, I think we appealed to her heart. Yeah. And uh, I think she did what she could do. Well said. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Until the five. Woo! All right, man. Thank you, guys. So I don't know. My uh, webcam is just spinning. So I guess we're going to do the rest of the show with no webcam. But that's all right. Uh, it kind of plays in uh, well with today's show because I, honestly Manitoba I've been sick for the last five days so playing a couple of videos really uh helps out the voice but so these uh like I said these five kind of took an L but um like two blocks two blocks over more L's for Manitoba in case you guys aren't aware, ever since the Freedom Convoy, um, one encampment in front of the ledge popped up, uh, the north side, I believe. And then when the residential schools 
uh, the burial plots uh, became public. Um, the one on the east, this one uh, popped up as well. So it's been there. It's been there for like a year. But they originally were given a dead. Like I said, this is two blocks away from the Manitoba Five coming out of court. These guys um, are waiting essentially to be handed another eviction notice. They were supposed to be out, I believe, on Tuesday, uh, both encampments. Um, but they were um, allowed, uh, they were given an extension until Friday. So I was there earlier today. I'm going to play you that video. Um, but uh, the the great-grandmother in charge, the great-grandmother bear who comes like the wind, that's what Danko Maka Kaipe Tashedi, I apologize for butchering that name. She's the uh, the clan mother in charge, and um, she talks very quietly, so it is hard to hear her on the video, but I did pick up everyone else speaking. Um, but like I said, they earlier when I was there today, they were waiting to be uh, handed the uh, eviction notice, which should happen Friday. Sometime they should be out, and they do not sound like they are going to leave. <laughs> From CBC News, Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs calls for a dialogue as eviction of legislature grounds camp postponed. Like I said, a couple of days. A First Nations leader says a group of people encamped at the Manitoba Legislative Grounds have been given a reprieve from eviction until Friday, but says the forced dismantling of a sacred fire there is patronizing and oppressive. Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs Def Deputy Grand Chief Cornell McLean says the people behind the, an encampment on the east side of the grounds, which was set up more than a year ago after the, the discovery of suspected unmarked graves, at the sites of several former residential schools, has been given an extension to dismantle their encampment. I mean, it's two days, Manitoba. <laughs> Last week, a statement from Manitoba Justice Minister Kevin Gortzen, Kevin Gortzen's office said, while rallies and protests are allowed on the grounds, encampments are not due to concerns for the safety of staff, visitors, tourists, and other protesters. That's... Just government talk. I was there. There's, they're doing nothing unsafe. Uh, so the encampment was previously told by the provincial government to pack up and leave by Tuesday at noon without any consultation. So like I said, uh, they are told to be gone tomorrow morning. I do know some of the Treaty 1 chiefs. I'm not sure if they're actual chiefs or just representatives were there. I'll play you the video. They said they are going back tomorrow, I believe around 11 or 12, um, but it, it doesn't sound like they are they want to leave. So whether you agree with them or not, I don't know a whole bunch about it. Like I said, I do know they're standing there in response to the residential school burial sites, and I know some people are saying whatever about that. There's people on board, and there's people saying they're not true, and they're just graves they're not mass graves um but either way i mean the shit that these parents went through back in the day just put yourself in their shoes like i said i did this show like a year ago could you imagine a school teacher telling you you're not allowed to see your kid 
a fucking school teacher taking your kid away. That that's what these parents went through. You know what I mean? So like the shit that they went through, Manitoba, step up. Like let's get to the bottom of these graves. I I feel for them, man. Whether like let's just find out. Like one of the guys in the the clip I play, he said like. How come we can come up with all this money for Ukraine, Ukraine, but a Manitoba issue that's affecting a shitload of Manitobans, Winnipeggers, where's the money? And it's going to take years to get to the bottom of this. So I think this is one thing that we can do. I don't know if this is like in lines with uh, reconciliation or whatever, but this is like some some sort of gap we could bridge. Like everyone can get on board with this. Let's just find out the truth. Like, who the fuck is on board with the... Like, who? Like I'm not going to stand behind these crazy fucking Catholic schools that kidnap kids that were abusive to First Nation kids and white kids, man. Like, they were fucking crazy back then. But either way, Manitoba, so, uh, like I said, it, it's hard to hear for at least the first minute, but give it a chance. And, um... Man, these people aren't playing around. I don't I don't think they're leaving. So uh I don't know. I'm gonna stop talking before I lose my voice because it's hurting. But either way, Manitoba, have a listen. It does get louder, Manitoba, I promise you. But if they don't want to understand, then, then, then it should be up to our chiefs to call upon the people to come and guard this because they're guarding our freedom. We will stand to the very last man and we will not let our elders down. We will not let our nation down. This is our Anishinaab Bay line, home line, and we stand together with the creators. Well, tell me what I was told by the minister. The minister said that the law is already in place. It's beyond his control. It's what the police and the security of the left. And they're going to do what they need to do. What does that mean, though? But in the same token, that means that we're grandfathering because if the law just applied, came out, that's right. it doesn't apply to us. Well, We've been here since 14 days, so we are grandfathering. And that's what we told us. We should be allowed to do this. We should be allowed to sign up for what we believe is what our young people are doing, right? Yeah. Just so that you know that we're standing with you, but sometimes the law is out of our control. Right? You know, we, could have, we could say every day we could have 100 people here every week. Mm-hmm. Don't 
protecting manifolds and lower manifolds in the you know what I mean? And when they, we when have more right territories, right. territory, then there's more. You know, this is our land. And you know what? It's time that people stand up and say, no more of this. And they're not going to tell us anymore where, when, and how. I see practices of different cultures in Central Park wearing out. Does anybody ever come and stop them? No. no. But us, as soon as we do something, we're always in the wrong. And that's all we're saying. Yeah. So, whatever we have to do to protect, and however they want to, you know, try to set the put it out, which will be great. That's what you said at the beginning. You know, I'll come back tomorrow again. Sacrifice lot this winter yes. just for mm -hmm. some white men to come and put out their fire. Yeah, this exactly. is our fire. I'm a sun dancer. Mm -hmm. So they're gonna have to drag me out of here or you guys gonna have to bring some body bags. But the shit stops here. Yes. Me, it stops yeah. right here. Yeah. Otherwise, next time they're gonna go more and more. Yeah. Now we stand our grounds and say, no, you don't touch that fire. Yeah. Look, these churches that committed crimes against our people, they're still going. We can't practice ours. Yeah. We can't practice ours, but there's churches all around here doing their shit. Yeah. Nobody's touching the fires. So nobody's touching our cooking, man. Fuck that shit. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm. I'm just wondering what we would like to do with everything here. What would be a resolve? What would we, how could we resolve things? Like Leave us alone. Leave us alone. You know what? Just, just, just allocate this area for, for this and that's it. If you listen, what do we want beyond that though? But look at what he's, he's, his demands are this. Until the last grave, until the last grave is done, we'll leave. So, so if they get their shit together, like when they're moving the war machine to go fight in fucking Ukraine, that they could come up with millions and millions, come up with the money and let's get this done in the next week. Then we go home. But if you're going to drag your feet for another two years, I'm covering the graves, then we're fucking here for another yeah. two years. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? Like Rob said, the fire began. So it's started off with 215. I'm going to get to count as a 
that we will stand up for violence, that we will stand up for our bullies. We will not be pushed around no more. We will not let our elders be harmed. Oh. Conservation coming to service. So you know those things are. Is this crown land? Gonna come out. It's not crown land. This is not land. No, no. You know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, is, is no. this considered? Is that why they come? No, because yeah. if it is, under treaty, you could put a tent anywhere in Treaty One. Yes. Okay. So we're supposed to share the land, according to Treaty One. Share the land. They're not sharing with us. They just kick us out whenever they feel like it. They kick our ancestors off into reserves. As soon as we say something, we do something, they think that's the purpose. They change the laws. Yeah. 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 To accommodate theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should start changing the laws. They speak about changing this law. When they have the freedom convoy, they can do whatever they want. It didn't accommodate us. The freedom convoy people, that's for sure. 
So if you need people to back you up, then contact people like us yeah. that are willing to stand by you. Yes. Yeah. Like we don't get paid for the work we do, mm -hmm. and we'll keep on doing it. Oh. We work on the people, give us donations, people feed us. Yes. But we work. Because we work for them and they do. That's uh -huh. what we work for. For the people. Yes, for the people. So, you know, because of that, that's why we're strong. Because we don't take that money. Mm -hmm. yes. yeah. We share amongst each other what little we get. You know, we help each other out. We don't have much. But we share. We feed people when they come to visit. We share with our, you know, donations. They come and pray. You know, people donate. My son came and donated a couple of you know, couch, not couches, tubs of tobacco, he's been doing that, regularly to keep that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how we survive. Mm -hmm. People believe in us, people support us, and what does we become? Mm -hmm. We don't get paid, we don't ask for pay. Rob has been digging into his own pockets. And so did I, to keep this going. So that's what we're about. That's why we're strong. Five more minutes, Manitoba. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's in their, it's in their court. Also, they have to, they have, they have to give, give back to us, right? Okay. A lot. And, and those young children, you know, that was the story here, why they started, because those kids. Mm -hmm. So we have, to, we have to ensure that that's not lost in everything, right? Because they try to create confusion and they try to, they try to frame us in a way that is not properly understood by Canadians and we always want them yes. to understand Anishinaabe, our yes. peaceful people, you've always been, you've been the ones who have been attacking us, you know, mm -hmm. you've done this to our children, mm -hmm. and so we have to, you know, seek some, some retribution for that, mm -hmm. and that's what reconciliation is, right, and this, is, and this place here is a reminder of that truth, yeah. it's a reminder of the, uh, of the, 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 the denial of truth, right, and now they're trying to do it again. So that's what we have to tell the that's media, what that's what we have to tell. My statements. Uh, well, I guess we're kind of guys, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we didn't make the board today, mm -hmm. like we did a couple weeks ago, yeah. but yeah. still our statements are in line. So mm -hmm. we have to I said, my letter come with a hundred cops in that because self-defense yeah. is traditional yeah. and ceremonial. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna speak against the uh, law that is uh, trying to have you removed here, the eviction. We're gonna say that that's not, uh, that's not fair. It's not. It's a denial of the truth. It's not a re rec recognition of uh, reconciliation. You know, and so, and that uh, we are here to honor those children and to remind you of the of, of what's happening to Anishinaabe people, what's happening to the indigenous people in this country, and. Uh, and that, and that can't be forgotten. And it hasn't changed. It's not changing. We're still dying 11 years earlier. Okay. So I have another question asked. If you're going to speak now, uh, where and how are you going to do it? Well, we can go Google. Tell these guys right now. Oh, well, you'll tell, but I'll go tell not, these guys. That's not the government, right? No, this is the media. Okay, uh, that's the media. 
but yeah. I yeah. want to know like tomorrow it's coming. That's our We're going to come here again. Okay, you're going to come. Should we come? Okay, you know, you're going to come. Depends. Did you get an eviction notice? Not yet. No. That's what we're waiting for. So, yeah, we'll, yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you my phone number. It's uh, two four. Mary, yeah, you understand. Okay, that's one. Contact me. I have that. So, if you're going to be here, and then the other thing we wanted to enforce, if negotiations are to take place with the province, we want to be involved. So you would like the negotiations to be here, outdoors. Well, they can't even come here. They're right here. Well, ask them. Ask them. Ask them. That's what I'm saying. Like, we said that to Gertz at two, and I said with him, well, did you guys go talk to him? Did you even go and chat with them? And and I said, because you should go and talk to them before you start. Where's the olive branch? Well, why don't you guys put that? We'll leave it up to you guys as our leaders territory one to make that request to come here with you present you the leaders that are going to be present to speak with us with you present and us here okay if you can do that we will come here tomorrow again yeah. okay. same time yeah okay. we'll find out what you're trying to do i think same time like around 11 12 or 1 i'm not too sure oh i didn't make a watch yeah. <laughs> and we'll bring more people. Yeah. We'll bring more water. people. We'll bring more people. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. First thing we need is another yeah. open crisis. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, it does not sound like they are going anywhere tomorrow. Um, and, uh, they're like, um, why haven't, uh, Gortzen, you know, come out and talk to them or this or that? <laughs> In case you're wondering, Manitoba Justice Minister wants people charged with knife crimes to have less chance at bail. What did he do? Uh, he wrote a letter and I'm pretty sure it was about a week ago or two weeks ago, I reported on an article that Chief uh, Danny Smythe, Winnipeg Police Chief, reported that there was something like I I think it was I think he was referring to just Winnipeg alone in the past year, like something like 1,200 knife attacks. And now he finally, after 1,200 knife attacks, our justice minister wants to come out and write a strong letter. Manitoba, I got to go back to what I started the show. We have to vote. These people, man, like this guy is incompetent. 1,200. And, and, and like some of these candidates running for mayor right now are still year in, year out, decade in, decade out, trying to promote for, for people to come downtown, like walk downtown. It's like, are you fucking insane? 1200 knife attacks so to the to the people at the encampment wondering why uh, Gortzen hasn't confronted a situation in real time he's gonna need a lot more than one event I mean he thought he solved it when he uh because of the freedom convoy and he put all these rules in place about no encampments no vehicles no fires 
So honestly, we'll see. I don't want to see any violence, but uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I don't know if I'll be able to get down there live, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be in the news. I'm sure it'll be all over our social media. But either way, Manitoba, I'm going to get my... Uh, my um, camera working and then uh, you'll be able to see my ugly face again but either way that's going to do it for today's show Manitoba thank you so much for tuning in like share subscribe like I said do all that stuff I love you guys Um, I might go live over the weekend but if not you can check me out on Tuesday will be the next show Tuesday Thursdays 9 o'clock 9pm live so Tell a friend. Share. Let's build a community. Anyways, Manitoba, I love you guys so much. In case you guys joined late, the first part, I played a video of the Manitoba 5. So go uh, watch that video. It's pretty interesting. But either, either way, Manitoba, I love you guys, and I'll catch you guys Tuesday. Bye.